Hello, hello, and welcome to the Fitspiration Podcast. I am your host, Ashia J, owner and creator of Ashia J Afrocardio LLC and certified group fitness instructor. This is your podcast where health and wellness meet fitness and culture. We're talking fitness, we're talking dance, we're talking wellness, we're talking food, we're talking music and transformation with hopes to give you some inspiration, motivation, and information. Hello, and welcome to episode five of the Fitspiration Podcast. Today, I have my very special guest, Sean Thompson, the owner and creator of T-Max Fitness. Sean is a personal trainer uh, here in the Harrisburg area. Hello, Sean, and welcome. Thank you. How, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Glad to have you here on the Fitspiration Podcast. You are actually my first male guest. I'm honored. Yes. <laughs> so I am excited to chat with you today. I always like to tell my listeners how I met my guests here on the Fitspiration Podcast. Um, Sean, I've known you for some time now, like um, 10 years, 12. Definitely 10 years yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, if I recall correctly, it was 2008. 2008. Yes, and the reason why I remember 2008. Seriously, I'm about to tell oh, you yeah. how I know. Yes, okay. <laughs> I know it was 2008 because I was a first year teacher, mm-hmm. and I was stressed, mm-hmm. and I needed an outlet, and I decided to start working out at the gym. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get a gym membership at the YMCA down on Front Street. And it was not winter. I think it was transitioning into like springtime, uh-huh. 2008. So that's how I remember this specific year because of where I was in my life and ready to start working out, right. ready to start this health and wellness journey. So yeah, 2008, Front Street. Um, is that Front Street? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's, they, we call it Front Street, but it's actually another street name. Okay. Because his, his main interest is on this street, the real street name side that needs to be on it. But everyone knows it as YMCA. A fresh street. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And um, I came in and I was on a treadmill. Like that was, I hit the treadmill because I thought, okay, I'm going to lose this weight. Hop on the treadmill. And you walked over and introduced yourself as a trainer uh-huh. at the Y. And basically told me to get off the treadmill. Mm. <laughs> How long were you on the treadmill before I came over? Oh, probably at least 15 minutes. Okay. I don't think a half hour, only because I don't remember being extremely out of breath. Okay. So I feel like you probably caught me early on. Mm-hmm. Now, if my memory serves me correctly, that wasn't like my first first day at the gym okay i had probably been there for maybe a week Mm -hmm. consistently and then you walked over which was refreshing Mm -hmm. because um being 
basically new to the gym because at that point I was only out of college for about a year. So all my working out was on campus. Mm -hmm. Um, So being in a a local gym, I didn't know what to expect, if that makes sense. Um, So to have you walk over in such a um, approachable way was refreshing. Right. Um, So, yeah. And why do you think I came to you? I don't know. Like, I honestly was like, is this man about to like clown me or something? Cause like, (laughs) (laughs) he's a trader. He's about to ask me like, oh, what's your health goals or what's your, what's your goal weight? Like now in hindsight, I know that that's like not really how it goes down. Two things. Um, How many black people were there? Well, and that was what I was saying. Refreshing. Like, I think it was just my mom and I. And normally when when I go to the gym and I see new, fairly new people, mm-hmm. I could tell. Every trainer could tell. Mm-hmm. And when I see someone that of our descent struggling or need a little education or... Struggling offer, on that treadmill. Or, or I'm trying to offer them a free session so they can learn how to so that's the main reason why I go, and and I call it me being me being biased, but I I will I would at that time I would gravitate only to minority mm-hmm. because I already know the the fitness level of the fitness industry and the fitness of most minorities are below what they should be. Yes. So not below average or below whatever, but they're below they should be because you can't compare apples to oranges really our culture with other people right yes i totally agree with that now being a fitness professional myself now obviously in 2008 (laughs) that was not the case i was not a fitness professional i enjoyed working out in my youth like i said i was working out in college but um and that's what i appreciated when you came over it was and you did now that you said that you offered like a free session Mm -hmm. but I turned it down because I'm like, I'm not about to be over here lifting nobody's weights. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let me on my treadmill. Right. And then I I later did start taking your classes though. Yeah. How much were you? Uh it was a while, Sean. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. So like <laughs> And I know my mom's going to listen to this and she's not, she doesn't care because that's just how we are. She was definitely intrigued by you, right? She was like, oh, look at him. He's so handsome. He's in shape. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, mom, listen, this, we just, we just here, right? We're just here. We're just getting started. So I was just like, it took a while. I don't know. I think my first class that I took with you was Tabata. Was it? I think so. I'm trying to remember, but I think, I don't know if you took one of my spin classes. No, I'm going to tell you why. Uh Uh-oh. I absolutely hate spin. Okay. The seat hurts my butt. It hurts everyone, but (laughs) until you learn how to properly sit on it. Yeah. I used to, I used to get new people all the time. And new women will say the same thing. Even old women will say the same thing. It hurts my butt all the time. It hurts my butt all the time. Then I I will nicely go tell them how to sit on the seat. 
and that will remain a secret and will not go on this podcast. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> well, to my <laughs> listeners, I was never taught how to properly sit on the seat because I refused to go to anyone's spin class. And if you would have came to the spin class and you were told me you were hurt, and I would explain to you in in private how to sit on the seat. <laughs> And make sure your seat was adjusted and everything else was adjusted to your bottom, height. To your height and everything okay. else. But the devil's in the details when it comes to sitting on a seat. Okay. Okay. Here, here I am, a male mm-hmm. riding a spin bike. Oh gosh. For years with no padding. Okay, now wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a imagine where the padding should go. I think when I took a spin class, I was told about the height and I have long legs. So I'm like, okay, this is just uncomfortable period. I have long legs, the seat hurts. This is not going to work hold for on, me. Hold on, the seat, the, it elevation, the, the elevation of the seat. So it doesn't matter your long legs. Right. But I can never get it right. And so I'm like, when I'm trying to work out, I don't want anything like interfering or setting me back. Like, I just want to get into it. I don't want to adjust my seat. I don't want to do any of that. Like, I'll run up and down steps before I figure out how to adjust the seat. Just because, just because oh. by the time I figured, <laughs> by the time I figured, I'm like, ah, oh, I don't but, even want to do this right that's now. That's why you write, that's why you, you, we had cell phones back then. You yeah. Rolled it in, and my seat is this, this, my handlebar is this, this, and my slide back and forth is this. But that's what makes fitness so unique, though, right? Because you can kind of figure out like what works for you and what doesn't. Well, no, not because what works for you may not be right for you. Mm. A lot of people think that fitness should be like cookie, cookie cutter or something like that. No, it starts off with the foundation is almost always cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. But after that, that's where the growth comes. That's where the um, evolution of your fitness comes, goes. Because the fact is, what worked yesterday is not going to always work. Now, that is true. Like, we had a conversation earlier about how much weight you lift. And I, in the back of my head, I was laughing. I was like, oh, my God. Really? And she just said she had a certain amount that you want to go over it. Right, and right. And we're going to talk about that. And, and I laugh. <laughs> so when we get to that point, yeah, I'll explain to you why evolution of your fitness changes. changes. Well, you know, I will say this. I am at least seven years older than I was when I first started teaching Afro cardio. Okay. I can see my closer to 40-year-old body mm-hmm. is different <laughs> than my early 30-year-old body. You think? <laughs> but it hit me like out of nowhere because I feel like through COVID, I was blessed to do my classes online virtually. So mm-hmm. I was working out two times a week. Then when I started Afroflex, it was three times a week. So I maintained. Like I didn't, I didn't really gain until like the end of COVID when people would say we're quote unquote back outside. When we went back outside, that's when that extra five to eight pounds came and I would gain and I would lose and I would gain and I would lose. So like now I'm like, oh, dad, like I'm getting ready to be, you know, 38. This is significantly different <laughs> than in my early 30s, but I'm embracing it because like you said, the evolution and I can already see where things that I used to do, it, it, it's, 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 it's just different for me. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah. See, and see, okay, a little bit more about me. Um, I've spent better part of my life an athlete and better part of my life in sports. I've done almost every sport imaginable from organized football to rugby to judo to jiu-jitsu to um, powerlifting to whatever you could think of. Wow. And most of it was done when I was in the Marine Corps, so I spent nine years in the Marine Corps. And even when I first went into the Marine Corps, I was designated a fitness guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I led a lot of PT sessions and I, and also after that, I personal trained one-on-one -on -one or even a group while I was in various duty stations. Then I got out. Mm -hmm. And when I got out, I, I was I had a dilemma. Um, I had to make income, so I got a certified personal trainer, mm -hmm. but couldn't find a job. Uh, I was in San Diego, but in which I thought it was like, hey, yeah, I'll be able to find California, a job. California, yeah. everybody cares about how they look. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's harder. It's harder than you think. And just having a, a certification wasn't really cutting edge enough. Mm -hmm. So. And then I eventually went in IT and the rest is history. And when I moved back to Harrisburg in 2001, um, I then in turn once started work at the YMCA just as security. And they told me they're going to start the, the gym. They're going to expand the gym and hire personal trainers. Mm. And a few, like a few years after I started there, I was like, okay, I'll do that. And I ended up doing that because Diane asked me to. Yeah. Like, Shout outs to Diane. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, can you come and be our trainer up here? Because she sees me working out. Carmichael, there. right? Yeah, Carmichael. Yeah. Diane Carmichael, if you're listening, shout outs to you. <laughs> so, and it just went on from there. And um, I've been in, I've been in the fitness, like I said, ever since I was a child. When I was, I was before I went in Marine Corps, I was looking at Penn State University going mm -hmm. there to be a kinesiology major. I think you told me that when we yeah. first started working at the gym, like yeah. not me, work, you were working. Yeah, <laughs> so that, yeah that's yeah. what I was going to do, but I ended up not doing it. Then we're going in the military. They had a correspondence course, but kinesiology was not the major. Okay. So I couldn't do it. So, but that's basically what I was going to do when I was in the Marine Corps, study that at the same time and then get out and open my own business but you know mm -hmm. it changed um things changed patterns changed mm -hmm. it's all right but you have a very extensive fitness background yeah very very yeah. very very and when um i first started coming to the y by then you were already a trainer and you would share that candidly with not just me but like i feel like anybody who was in your presence in your class or anything like that because i feel like you've always been like just very approachable and you right. know with your with your what would, would be your clients or us as the um gym members yeah and see the ymca wasn't emphasizing um getting person getting people to train to make income the ymca gave you income for working a shift and you get a little mm -hmm. extra money if you train somebody mm -hmm. so money was never a thing for a you. thing for me yeah. because i had a full-time job but yeah I, I was just making money working as a personal trainer there just to, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't relying on getting customers and stuff like that. Right. I was relying on just working there. 
Right. And we're doing a shift work there. Right. And I appreciate what you said about understanding our unique, um, I'll just call them issues when it comes to people of color. First of all, you don't really see us at the gym and then we're not. Welcomed. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Like seriously. Um, whether it's access, I feel like access to the gym has gotten better over the years. And I've spoken this before in other episodes to where, you know, uh, people's benefits include the membership and things like but that. Why do you think more black people are going to the gym? Black and brown people going to the gym? Well, I kind of feel like, so maybe this is my mind. I feel like we're still not welcomed. And I definitely feel like we mm-hmm. are not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not you're accepted but you're not welcome correct and we're definitely not represented i mean if i was honest about afro cardio you know i taught um at the gym initially when i was certified under Tim Buck, and then since then got certified as a group fitness instructor and created afro cardio but if you want to be real the gyms didn't want me they they it was too afrocentric they didn't understand what it was I mean, anybody that has followed my journey knows that I'm very much about health and wellness in the underrepresented community. But see, you wasn't a part of the trend. Correct. And see, and that's where our conversation will go to. I will say to you, trends die. Mm-hmm. Like, look at Zumba. I'm, I love Zumba. I love watching people do Zumba. I love, I never did it. I'm not going to try to do it. Do I have cardio? <laughs> but... <laughs> but when you do Zumba, it became mainstream. You got DVDs, you got all this stuff. You got this mainstream stuff coming out. You got mm-hmm. books, magazines, and whole lifestyle around Zumba. Mm-hmm. Now look at Zumba now. I don't, because all I see is Afro cardio. But I'm just saying. <laughs> me? Okay, uh, that's fine. That's, but, you know, that's but, my but, plug on but, the Inspiration podcast. Yeah. All I see is Afro cardio. But for me, yeah, on that doesn't do anything like that. Mm-hmm. I can see, I don't see Zumba. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything that was related to that had the trend of Zumba. Zumba doesn't have the same strength. Now, I, I worked at um, a couple other health little studios. Mm-hmm. And they had Zumba instructors there. There was a, a Lincolnstown Road, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. The lady had, it was totally Zumba. Mm-hmm. The lady had number of Zumba classes there. Mm-hmm. She calls me up, said, hey, would you like to teach your Tabata class there? And I'm like, huh? She said, I got your name from one of my clients. And I understand you teach Tabata classes. Mm-hmm. Would you like to come teach us if you would? I'm like, okay. I went and taught there. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, her Zuma classes will have, say, 10, 15 people. Mm-hmm. My Tabata class had 20 people. Mm-hmm. It was consistently 20 people. That's dope. And what? The same token. She arbitrarily changed my schedule at the last minute mm-hmm. and also like put me after her Zoom class. Oh, well, people are tired. Exactly. Yeah. It's always, it's always, a, I mean, I even have experiences like with gimmicks that I've been a part of with mm-hmm. Afro cardio where people try not to, they want to bring you in, but they really don't want you, if that makes sense. They, they want to do- bring you in just to fill our spots. Now, now, Diane kind of did that to me, mm-hmm. but had, but when when Fran left with that cardio kickboxing class, Fran the man, yeah, 
when he left, it left a big void. Because I brought Tabata up to her um, months and years prior to me being teaching that. Yes. And Before she, people even really understood what high-intensity interval training is. Yes. And for our listeners who don't understand Tabata, if you want to, like, I want you to tell your story, but I think yeah. it's also important for people to understand what that is because you and I can talk the lingo because right. we're fitness professionals. Right. But I do um, have people who 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 are just starting their journey right. and they don't know what Tabata means. They don't know what high um, interval intensity training is, none of that, because you actually taught me, excuse me, Mm-hmm. Um, what that was. Right. So if you want to just kind of explain that before okay. you get into detail, because this was, you were the trendsetter, you were a trailblazer and pioneer for that. So at the beginning, um, like I learned something a long time ago. You go to the bigger cities and learn from what was out there. And then also I read so much information on, on different modalities of fitness and the latest craze at the time was Tabata. I said, what is Tabata? And Tabata was uh, high-intensity interval training, like she says, but it's 20-second all-out effort followed by 10-second rest. Then another 20-second, I mean, all-out effort. And you do that for a total of eight rounds for four minutes. Mm -hmm. Then um, it it evolved eventually, but that's all it is. But the story about Tabata is that a scientist... His name is Tabata. Last name is Tabata. I remember you told me that. Yeah. He's in Japan. He took his the Japanese cyclist team, and he he challenged them to try this to improve their fitness, their stamina, ride, riding a bike. So traditionally speaking, he had them do that Tabata for eight rounds, and they were totally exhausted. They could not do anything else. They pushed their intensity all the way to ninety to hundred percent. And Tabata is supposed to, you're supposed to push to 90, to, I mean, from 95% to all the way to 100%, 110%, as much as you can. You're supposed to put, leave everything out there on the floor, but not everyone can do it. Mm-hmm. So, but the workout routine that they, they found out that if you do it over an extended period of time, like um, do a Tabata set mm-hmm. with a one minute rest, Another Tabata said, well, one minute rest for 20 minutes. Um, supposed to increase your metabolism and fat burning, um, which is a touchy subject for everybody right now. And how do you burn fat and build muscle? Now, Tabata will help you to build fat and um, I mean, burn fat and build muscle at the same time, mm-hmm. only when you're doing it. So you're saying there's no benefit of it afterwards? No. Not for women. For huh. men, there's some. See, this is where I this is where I tell you that um, my philosophy is going to. What I'm going to tell you is going to buff the system a little bit. That's fine. Okay. Any high intensity training that a woman does, mm-hmm. it only benefits her when she's doing it. She may have some residual uh, afterburn effect up to two hours after, and that's it. And if she would say do a Tabata class and walk for 20, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. she burn more calories than she would do for the afterburn effect. So is it fair to say that women may not benefit as much from 
high intensity training? Yes and no. And then I'm and, uh, curious. It also depends. Okay. Because we were having some off air conversation about men's health versus women's health. And that was where my talk about weightlifting came in. And I do believe just in my bodily experience that different certain workouts don't work for me. I felt like high intensity training did actually work for me as a woman. Mm -hmm. I felt, I know kickboxing did too. And of course, I got it. Afro cardio, like my dance fitness. Like I know that's how my weight loss. But I have a question for you. Sure. All right. When you first started Tabata, how long did you stay with Tabata? Honestly, it was not consistent. Okay. How long did you stay doing it? Like how long did I was in your class or how long I kept coming? How often? How long? What's the duration of time? So I would take your class for what was that? Like 30 minutes once once a a week. week. Okay. For how many weeks? That you was receiving results. Uh, that you were receiving results. I wasn't. I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't. All right. No, so yeah. okay, let me just put you like this. Whenever you start a new class, this is where the misconception comes at for a lot of people. Whenever you start a new class, a new fitness class, or new something doing new that you never did before, mm-hmm. you're gonna be more inefficient and you're gonna burn more calories, which is supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. But then your body adapts. Yeah. If you stay at the same level and you won't burn as much calories Mm -hmm. because your body adapts. Mm -hmm. Whenever you start a new class, that's what's going to happen. This is either six to eight weeks or up to 12 weeks, depending Mm -hmm. on your fitness level Mm -hmm. and also your recovery. If you're going to, what are the results that you're going to get? And how often, how long you will burn calories. Now, Mm -hmm. um, burn fat and build muscle. Now, like I said earlier, if you did a Tabata class and went to walk 30 minutes after it on a treadmill or outside or whatever, mm-hmm. you burn more calories mm-hmm. because the after the afterburn effect is still burning because the fact you still still couldn't fire, you still throwing a little kids. So is away. it safe to say, and this is just from my group fitness brain, uh-huh. is it safe to say Tabata serves as a great warm-up then? With the dynamic, the it, dynamic it depend, of it. It depends. What does it depend on, Sean? Like, okay. tell us. Because, like, right. I'm thinking it depends right. on your body. Because I'm no. a very muscular woman by default. Like, I don't do any sit-ups. And you can see my abs. And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh-uh. So that's what uh-uh. I need to know. Because some uh-uh. women out here are like, I can't get my abs. And it's like, you know, I get it. Okay, there's two. There's there's a genetic factor. Because the only genetic factor really is your body fat percentage. Okay. If your body fat percentage is a certain percentage, you will see abs. Or if you have body fat at certain body parts, you will see striations, abs, or muscle definition. Okay. See, everyone's seemed to think that, oh, yeah, I, I got abs, so I'm, I don't have to work out or I don't, you know, I'm look great and everything else. But body fat percentage is the key to any results you want. Okay. Right? Women should have, it says, the book says, women should have between 20 to 25% body fat to be healthy, to keep the hormones going yes. and everything else, right? Yes. And men should have 12 and below, all the way down to So 50. we're meant to be thicker than men. You're meant to have more, more carry fat. Body, carry more, more body, body fat. fat because of the fact of what? Or hormones. No, 
What? Childbearing. Oh, well, yeah, but that was what I was saying. Like our hormones, so, all of that's connected. Childbearing, yes. So, so yes. that's why. And when earlier you said to me, um, this is another, another, another thing about women, men and women. Earlier when you said to me um, that you got results with Tabata and everything else, and you said um, the, the longer you do it, the more results you got. I thought so. Like I just enjoyed it. I felt like. But the, here's what I'm gonna say. Here's what men and women are different. Uh huh. Men can go out for 30, 40, I mean, 20 seconds and be spent. Women has muscular endurance. So if, uh, here's where the diff- difference between men and women coming at when you're training them and working with them. Women, I can take a twenty, like say sixty percent of their maximum weight. No, I'm gonna say seventy percent of the maximum weight of in, in any given exercise. Mm-hmm. And I tell them to do as many reps as they can. Mm-hmm. They will crank out more reps than the men mm-hmm. because the man will stop physically. Just their muscle fall short because they more explosive, more fast twitch muscles and everything else. Mm-hmm. They will stop at a certain number. Okay. Okay, men are typically more explosive, and what happens is they they have power for reason to fight off anything, but they don't have a lasting muscle endurance to do something. So women, when they have a kid, they carry a kid. Mm-hmm. They do chores. They do this. They do that. I'm saying in general in life, mm-hmm. and because they are childbearing, um, and they also have more muscular endurance naturally. Mm-hmm. That's why you could see a woman. I can, but same token, if I give you 95% of your max weight on squats and mm-hmm. I do the same thing on men, mm-hmm. now the rep range will be still three to four, I mean, five, six reps that normally a person um, counts out. Mm-hmm. And it could be as low as three reps, mm-hmm. sometimes even one. Now, what happens is when I get, when I have a woman to do it, she will bump out six to 12 reps. Mm-hmm. A man will bump out only five, three to five. Why is that? Because you have more muscular, I mean, strength endurance mm-hmm. genetically. Now, that's for me working with women in years and also listening to other women that train women um, over the years. Because mm-hmm. I like when I got in the fitness industry, I said, oh, I'm going to train athletes. Mm-hmm. I get trained guys and athletes and all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But my athletes end up being all women. Okay. I have 95 when I had my boot camp, when I had my classes, when I had everything. It's always women. Always. Always. 95. From from, I barely ever remember. I had a few guys here and there. Here and there. But all women. Even my boot camp class, it's uptown. That's what I was going to say. Uptown, it was and, women. Yeah, and guys. <laughs> The worst, the funny thing is, we had guys come in here, and if you're used to my class, like say you were taking my class, and you were there for a few months, and the guy comes in and he has his ego, which I tell every guy, check it at the door, check it at the door, because the fact is, you're going <laughs> and you're going to you're going to get embarrassed by these women, and they didn't believe me. I had one guy pass out, I had one guy throw up, I had one guy said uh, he talked mess the whole entire time. He was the last to do every exercise and also he's the last to finish. And he said, Oh, I'm gonna be back next week. I'm still waiting for next week to come for him. 
You know, that surprises me, but it doesn't surprise me, actually. And it's funny that you have 95% women, but, okay, so women, I've been told, absolutely love training with a man trainer. I don't know what that's about. Okay, let me let me correct that. I've also been told because I kind of do know what it's about. You as a male will quote unquote whoop their butt. You'll whip them into shape. It's something about how you communicate that they're like, all right, this is serious. Like I got to get on it. Whereas like with my class, it's like they almost have to show up for themselves without that extra push. Like I'm there, I'm motivating. I'm not going to take that away from myself. But like, it's like they have to learn and put in the work for the dance fitness. Whereas if you're like, okay, give me a rep of squats or something like that, like they feel like that's more of a motivation of you telling them what to do versus them having to um, do a dance fitness workout. That's just just the difference in modalities. Um, you have, you're in a group setting and I had a group setting. Mm-hmm. The thing is that we done what we both done in group setting. We correct people as they go. Mm-hmm. You take your skills of movements, and mm-hmm. I take my the, take my skill of movements. Mm-hmm. I'm still teaching the same way you are, but the fact is, they want to learn how to uh, strength train, and they say they want guys to train them because they want that. That's a facade. Okay, I'll be honest with you. I believe that because true. most guys, I mean. I'm I'm gonna say this, and it's, I don't care. I have no trainers around this this community, <clears throat> both good and bad. Mm-hmm. And the bad makes the guys look bad mm-hmm. because they don't know what they're doing. Mm. Because when you uh, once you become a trainer, and I'm gonna point this to, I have a black belt in judo, mm-hmm. and I got it in less than three years. And people are like, how you do that in less than three years? Because I have extensive background from wrestling in high school, wrestling in the military. Mm-hmm. doing all this other stuff doing mm-hmm. all the different other martial arts but long story short once you get a black belt <laughs> the instructor said now you can start learning how to teach people and because you mastered the basics mm-hmm. that time frame you have to ma- i mean when you're going through all the movements and stuff like your basic steps that mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm. it's the basics then you can go more advanced steps. Mm-hmm. i watch watch robin do it in her step class and mm-hmm. watch other people do it Mm-hmm. That you have to evolve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And since most women trainers or women trainers do know the basics according to their liking, mm-hmm. and most male trainees know the training, I mean, most know the basics for, according to their liking, their basics is not basic. Look at the Instagram. All you have to do is look at some guys on Instagram. Look at their, like, I see Instagram workouts all the time, mm-hmm. and I see those guys doing weird and crazy stuff. And it does not serve any purpose. Right. Yeah. And I tell my friends, my friends DM me all the time, say, hey, what do you think about this? Do this. Try this. Do I'm this. Like, I'm like, no. And then he's like, why? So I said, what does it do? Sean, like that, that from, I, I'm going to say I hate because hate is such a strong word. I do not like that. Like, don't compare people's workouts. But no, yeah, that's true. But also don't do people's workouts because the fact is if you have not set the found the fundamentals, if you have not done the fundamentals and build a found strong 
fitness foundation, mm-hmm. you're not going to get the results. You're going to end yes, yourself. That's, that's, and that's the part that I dislike. Like, yeah. I get that. Like, you have to have you have to have the foundation right. first for yourself. Not like, oh, this looks so cool. He just did a backflip off of a tree. Like, mm-hmm. just like you see the guy doing pull-ups with with tires and benches and all that. So, it's, like, it's, like, what's the purpose of what's that? What's the purpose? Yes, that yeah. it looks it looks great. Well, it's the it gram. Looks, like, it's supposed to look. No, it looks great for entertainment. Entertainment, yeah. But it's it's stupid. And it's not going, like you said, the purpose, it's not going to get you the results any better. Right. And also, even looking at books and magazines, you follow the books and magazine workouts. And you follow, like when I was a kid, I used to do this. I used to buy the bodybuilder magazine. Oh, I go to the gym and work out. Mm-hmm. This is when I was in Marine Corps. Because I didn't, actually, I didn't lift weights before I went to Marine Corps. Okay. I did pull-ups and squats and push-ups and all that body stuff. Weight. Body weight. stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is great. But also has his limitation. Okay. So, um, I will buy the latest magazines, follow the routine for a week. I mean, for the full month till next magazine come out. Mm-hmm. But I also did other uh, bought other books on, on strength training and everything else, and read up on them and applied them to my workouts. And the problem come in at is that I couldn't do those bodybuilding workouts. The strength training and bodybuilding workouts like they did it because I didn't have a foundation. Mm, that makes sense. And that, that sense. hurts. That hurts both male and female. And that's why I say to you, male can push a woman because she wants to be pushed. Uh-huh. I have women tell me, oh, the reason why I come to you because you won't, you won't. Um, Judge you, me? No, no. You won't take it easy on me. Yes. That's what. Yeah. No. Meaning that there's other, no, 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 no. They had other male trainers, other male trainers. Yeah. Uh, no male trainers will not train them as hard as I, as I would or push them or encourage them or teach them. See, my boot camp wasn't just a boot camp. That was your other class I took, boot camp. I couldn't remember what it was, the boot camp. Yes. Yeah, my boot camp was not a, um, was not just a, here, come work out and do this. Right. No, I was teach you. Proper mechanics, yes. Fun, fundamentals, and I will teach you progression and regression because the fact is, like um, we discussed earlier, you said you had a back issue. Yes. Okay. I injured my back in 2018. So I would take that in consideration when doing the routine. Mm-hmm. I will watch body language, and body language tells all. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing incorrect, and your body language telling me that you're hurting, mm-hmm. I will modify it. And that's what these trainers don't do. Right. They don't modify anything because they don't know. Because you take a certification exam yeah. and you trained yourself for years or worked out for years or you worked out with your friend for years, yeah. does not Maybe. make you a, a very good trainer. No, you're absolutely right. And that's where, like, in my fitness class, I always tell people beginners can come because I show modifications. Right. And I... Since my mother is such a big support, I by default modify because she needs modification. Mm-hmm. So I'm always constantly keeping women like mm-hmm. her in mind when I'm working out and the back injuries, the knees, the shoulders. Like I tell people don't jump. I give them squats instead or don't turn around or, you know, mm-hmm. only take your knee to the waist or just lift your ankle. You don't have to kick it up high like what I'm doing. Yeah. And see, what my classes that I had. My classes that I had that 
I will do progression and regression, mm -hmm. meaning like one week, one week we'll do certain exercise and instead of doing it for, I will start off with 30 seconds, mm -hmm. each exercise and with a period break. Mm -hmm. We progress every week all the way up to like a month, month and a half mm -hmm. that will add time to that to that work time yes and then let's keep the rest time the same plan or modify the rest time yes and that's what we did over time and then we go back to the beginning yes that's called cycling and and that's a, a cycle that no trainer do yeah. because and when you have when you're doing group sessions that's mm -hmm. why you, how you have to do it when you're doing um when you're doing one-on-one you have to document there's this quote that says um um Basically, what get measured, you can improve upon. You have to measure what you're doing. Like, I'm going to take your class for a second. Mm -hmm. Say I'm new to your class mm -hmm. and we're doing a routine and I'll only last 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like spent or five minutes and I'll spent. Mm -hmm. So I know at five minute mark, I'm spent. So next time I'm trying to get six or seven minutes mm -hmm. before I, you know, I'm trying to prove myself. Mm -hmm. And say you come to my class mm -hmm. and, you, and you're part of the group mm -hmm. i'll give you a 20 pound dumbbell or a kettlebell to deadlift with mm -hmm. or something like that mm -hmm. right and i'm yeah. like nope sean i'm mm -hmm. doing it mm -hmm. i'm not doing it <laughs> <laughs> i give you 20 pound dumbbell and after after three weeks i say okay let's try 25. but see here's the thing i will tell you to do this and this is why a lot of my trainees when i tell them this i said do it till you feel tired. You can't like two reps short of failure. Mm -hmm. Stop, take a break, count to 10, begin. But regardless of what, what uh, time limit we have, mm -hmm. and you can work yourself through, and that's what you should do mm -hmm. whenever you're doing um, weight training, like in the circuit style. Mm -hmm. And if, say, like I, I admire CrossFit, but I don't admire CrossFit. Mm -hmm. I, I admire CrossFit for getting people to come out and work out, get people healthy. Mm -hmm. I don't admire it because it didn't cater to all cultures. Yes. And it also it didn't, it doesn't cater to all fitness levels. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because you before we were saying about being the space filler and then the fill you were saying about like at the Y and like our people and the culture part. And I'm curious, like what what do you what do you think about how CrossFit didn't cater to our culture? Because that is a big part of the <clears throat> messaging with Okay. Us. First thing, CrossFit big box gym. Once you had, once you to get the CrossFit certification, it was a thousand dollars, which right there. Hold on, hold on, that's right there. But no, okay, no, because I was going to get CrossFit certified. Okay, I don't care about the money that that I do on as far as the front end, because mm. my return investment is going to be on the back end. Okay, okay, so so I was going to get CrossFit certified, and just to find the certification was, was hard enough then you had to go certain places to do it. And, and at the time I wasn't ready, but long story short, I mean, to go back to about CrossFit, CrossFit, to buy a CrossFit gym, to have a CrossFit name on the gym was $10,000 a month, depending on how many students you have. Mm -hmm. So the price point coming in to CrossFit gym for average person is going to be a hundred, hundred something dollars a month. Not average people in our community can afford that. Right. Okay. And then going from there, it's like, where did they put these big box gyms? 
in other communities, not, not ours. Community. And that's where I was. That's why when I was started um, T Max Fitness uptown, I was there was originally another guy there, and God rest his soul, he passed away. But I took over his space, mm-hmm. and and him and I was actually working together prior to him passing. He would do certain days a week, I would do certain days a week, and it worked together. Mm-hmm. He would do a more CrossFit, high intensity top style, and I would do a, a it's called um, I call it combat conditioning, mm-hmm. and it's more of a um, more of a functional, more functional than his, mm-hmm. and. But people love both of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When he passed, and before he passed, he's supposed to move out of space, and I was supposed to release the space from them. But he passed before he moved out, so I took over the space. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I wanted that space because it was uptown, and there was nothing else there. In our community. In our community, mm-hmm. the Jewish Community Center is down on Front Street. Now, YMCA uptown did not offer this. No. And then, and when I tried to. Um, implored the YMCA to allow me to teach classes there. That didn't happen. And even Uptown, I mean, the Front Street YMCA, they, they, like I was telling you earlier, only reason why I got my Tabata class was because Fran left. Yes, that's what, that's, that, and that was a good point because we were talking about health and wellness and fitness and how we're not really wanted. Is that the word we yeah. use? And then, and as a trainer, a group fitness instructor, we're not represented. And, you know, when you look back on that, it's like, they're not, they don't really come out and say it, but it's so obvious the way they show, I'll tell you like this, this was my experience with the why. And I'm always kind of careful about what I say, because I don't want to ever say anything bad about people, the business but aspect of it, but it truly is what it is. And I feel like I'm already in a space where I'm in a lane of my own life. I, I could care less. That's not to say I don't ever want to collaborate with the why, but I don't care. So here it goes. So I knew the why was different with representation for Black fitness instructors. And this is specifically the one on Front Street. Okay. Because not this is not all of them. This is just Front Street. Because let me just say, I was blessed. I started, I taught classes at the Friendship Center. Now they're called the Friendship Why. They were awesome. And I was also at the Y on Front Street. Um, mm-hmm. So when I first started Timbuk, um, they were like, sure, come on board. Um, and maybe a big part of that was because I was already a member, like I was taking Diane Zumba class, I was taking your class, I was taking Fran's class, and mm-hmm. then Body Pump came in. I can't remember the instructor. They had different instructors, so right. I, don't have, I didn't have a specific instructor. So yes, I did nicely, in a very simple way, become an instructor at the Y teaching at the time, which was Timbuk. But here's where it went kind of left for me. I specifically told them that this is something new. It's, you know, it's as African dance fitness, it's Afro-based, Afrocentric, and that a lot of people from the community that weren't members would, they were interested. Mm-hmm. So at first it was like, sure, you know, you can have some free passes. And that was a thing, which I was grateful for that. Then I had more interest of non-members. So I said, well, can we do drop in and they told me no. Mm-hmm. They said that they could not do the drop-in rate of 5, 10, whatever. I didn't care. I would let them set the drop-in rate because it's them. It's the why. I know you're making a face because <laughs> I don't know why you're making a face, but I see the face. But that was that was what they told me. And I was I was okay with whatever they said because it's their, their business, the why. I just wanted people to come in and experience something new and something different and what I thought was exciting. So long story short, 
they flat out told me no i couldn't do a drop in rate for which was 10 buck at the time and i would say not even a couple months in to teaching there um on saturdays i saw that they had dropping for trx so i was like wait a minute i thought you guys didn't do drop-in rates. And it was just as simple as they did not do it for me and my class. I don't know if that was because they thought more people from our community would be coming in. I don't want to like make any discriminatory assumptions on the why. Because again, when I was there, they treated me very nice. I absolutely loved being a member when I was working out with you know, whether it was a treadmill, whether it was you, Zumba, whatever. Um, so I don't want to make it like a discriminatory thing, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, I was very much put off by that. And I soon took my services somewhere else and left the Y and went to a studio where I was able to do drop-in. And to this day, it I don't know, I, I, I never really asked. I just kind of assumed and I just knew that you know, TRX was dropping, but my class couldn't be. And I, I I did not like that. So I have seen how, um, you know, fitness has an appropriation. You'll have hip hop this or, you know, but then when it comes to an actual black instructor that's trying to bring health and wellness and fitness from an Afrocentric standpoint and teach about the culture, because that's what I would do through my classes, mm -hmm. they kind of didn't want any parts in that. Well, here's my, um, if you want to say take, mm -hmm. take on that. Mm -hmm. They really didn't, cult, they, their, the culture didn't cater to diversity in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that's just not, it's not just the only place that it happened at. The YMCA did have drop-in. They had day passes. So if you paid day passes, then you paid uh, drop in dollar or five dollars because I was part of the TRX and that was that's another thing I was a pioneer of TRX classes you're definitely a pioneer Sean and we were talking about that off air but I think our listeners really need to know like how much of a pioneer you are like, because I got TRX certified probably right after I met you and I had okay. it I had it I bought it you bought I bought my own TRX and 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 just I went to Philly for this mm -hmm. and I got certified and mm -hmm. I said, Hey, Diane, can I, I was like, if you buy these straps, we can have a class. <laughs> we can have a class on this TRX. Mm -hmm. And she just looked at me like, what's that? What is that? Yeah. And I showed her it and I said, come here. I, I hooked it up and showed her what exercise we can do with it and everything else. She said, I'll bring it up to Chad or bring it up to management and we'll go from there. I was like, Say so we're missing out because see if we get ahead of this now we can we can corner the market. Yes. So I said okay. A few years went by. I bought a couple. I bought a couple more TRXs on my own. The next year, you know. Oh, we're gonna have a TRX class. But were you the teacher? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, she had no choice. Because it became such a. I was only certified one there. Okay. I was only certified to okay. instructor. Okay. John and a couple other people was just getting certified. Okay. I've been using TRX with my clients for years before they even decided like to have a class. class. Okay. Just like I was doing Tabata style workouts before they even let me have the class. Mm -hmm. And when I'm when I went to another gym to work, 
when any, when I say biases that you that I mentioned before, cultural biases, mm-hmm. I had someone come in that had no personal training experience, mm-hmm. and I and I was already there for three months. I didn't have a business card mm-hmm. as a personal trainer at this gym, mm-hmm. and. I started my own class. I started a kettlebell conditioning class, and I started a a, um, a uh, uh, another style class at the at the site. And I and at that site, you have to pay extra for my classes, so not that many people wanted to pay extra yes. for it. So yes. I I didn't mind not having the numbers that I had before. Mm-hmm. But when we had like a big challenge class or anything like that and i was part of the challenge class everyone loved my classes that i taught because mm-hmm. they could do it for free but um you know i did not get a personal training card my whole time was zero zero for nine months so the why was supposed to no this is outside the why i'm saying the bias is not just with the ymca okay it was okay. outside the why that this happened and i'm like why in the world did i not get a gotcha. business card to pull it give to oh, people to say this and, is- and to advertise they did not advertise my classes at all Oh, now, yes. You walk around the gym, you see flyers for everyone else's class yes. that they created for them, but not mine. And I looked at them, I'll say, I'm first, I'm, I'm one and only kettlebell certified persons here. Mm-hmm. I'm on, I'm, I got all these other certifications for fitness, and you're not advertising me why. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at them, and I just got in because a friend let me in. Mm-hmm. Cause they were they really didn't want to hire me, mm-hmm. but because they lost people and they said, oh, and the guy vouched for me and tell me how many people that like how my class is always full yes. at the YMCA, but classes being full cause it's free. It's different from well, classes, classes being, being full, full because, because it's paid. paid yes. Ooh, that's the whole word. Cause that's a, oh, that's a, like a sidebar yeah. for like my, what I, what I'm still learning to navigate. And with that in mind, I'm going to say this to people in general. Mm-hmm. If you go get a fitness trainer, if you don't ask for no free session, because don't get me wrong, it's it's hours and hours of work that you do not see that this trainer presenting to you. So if you take yourself to work and you sit there for two hours and and then your clock starts to begin for you to work, you expect to get paid for those two hours for the rest of the day, right? You expect to get paid those two additional hours that you work. Mm-hmm. You're not going. And the boss says, "No, I'm not going to pay you." You're not going to work. Yeah, you're not going to work. So why would you do that to a trainer saying, "Hey, I know. Hey, I wanted a free session from you. Offer to pay. At least offer to pay the session for him or her or them. Uh-huh. Offer to pay even something. Here's a donation. Here's something so we can establish rapport." To see hey, if you're a good trainer for me, and that goes yeah. to one of the questions you I know you had later, but yeah, that, that that makes me so angry because even my boot camp, they said, Can we come in for free? I'm like, no, five dollars. And five dollars is nothing. Like when I was talking to someone 
she was the marketing person. We would have conversations because that, again, that's an area I'm still navigating. She would say, Ashia, in this time and age, can we just say that $5 is free? She was like, $10 is free. She's like, so when people have a problem paying five and $10, it's kind of like sad in a way, in a way of like the value, how you're basically insulting this person by not even. But, but there, there's two parts to, there's another part to it that I, I, I have to point out. Mm-hmm. I ran my boot camp at a loss all the time. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I have had people come in that was financially strapped because I was trying to help our people our in our people. Commu- yeah. community. I gave them three months, three months of uh, free classes. Mm-hmm long as it came and showed up that's all i cared about mm-hmm. and they couldn't even do that okay mm-hmm. and then the months later they come back can we come back no we got paid now see so wait so even when you were offering free classes they still weren't coming mm-hmm. so, so so yeah they wasn't coming and i kind of I just, you know, you have to take a stance. You have to set your, like we say nowadays, set your boundaries, but you got to have a higher standard. Now, people thought my classes, my classes was the most cheapest of all of in as far as boot camp wise or personal training wise mm-hmm. in all of Harrisburg. Mm-hmm. I didn't purposely, I did that on purpose for to, to make it more affordable to our people, but also I did it to try to build a community. Because if I and if I did it for free, just like before, people won't take advantage of it. They think it's free, it's cheap. It's not quality and everything else. Mm-hmm. Even though the quality of my training, you could ask almost anybody, they will tell you it was up there. Yeah. And like I have people say, "Oh, you're the best in Harrisburg," or "Did you're the best." I'm humble with that. I don't care to be the best, but I want to be the best trainer for that person or um, for that group for that class. I want to be the best person for that class. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely understand that. Um, and it's so important that like building that community with our people, even like outside of the gym, because you, then you did have your gym, um, uptown outside of the gym. It's like, we already have our own struggle in the gym with what we just talked about. And then when we get outside of the gym, or independent or, you know, trainer or fitness instructor, we do have that concern about, you know, what do you want to pay? So I was surprised when you said people would still not show up because I feel like when I navigated, you know, I was $5 and now I'm $10. What, what is the challenge? You know, are, 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 are people at the gym or, or. The challenge is their pockets. Yeah. And also their bias is about, um, trainers and fitness instructors mm-hmm. um, from fitness instructors and all get a bad rap as far as their ability to teach and train. Hmm. I don't know if I realize that. Um, they think they should be of service to them. People, common people think that we should be of service to them, even though we spend maybe thousands of dollars to get mm-hmm. certified, thousands of hours studying our craft, mm-hmm. thousands of hours practicing and mastering our craft. And they don't see all that. They seem to think that, oh, they, they relate us to almost like a gym teacher. 
Yeah, I was gonna say like we have a body, they have a body, and we're just teaching them about their body or something. Yeah, yeah and they don't realize the profession is it's, it's actual legit profession, but they don't know. And I, I'm gonna say this: Harrisburg is behind the curve a lot of things, and the Harrisburg area is behind the curve a lot of things because we don't explore, we don't bring enough from the outside in, meaning other fitness modalities. That's why I had to go to Philly for my certification. That's why I have to go to Philly for another a kettlebell certification. Yeah. And that's why I had to go to New York for another yeah, certification. It's so true. It's so true. Like when we were getting ready to go on air, I talked about like how I literally feel like you catapulted my fitness career because I was working out with you at the gym. Yeah, became friends on Facebook because you had a group. Now that I think about it, you had a group. I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Let me hop on this group. <laughs> so you had the group. I was in your group for some time. And then you had shared an article from Black Women Do Work Out, which they're still alive and kicking well. They have an awesome Instagram page and they're on Facebook as well. So if anybody wants to check out Black Women Do Work Out, please check them out. But just the name in itself, Black Women Do Work Out, it was, that's, it was culture right there. Mm-hmm. And I was... Um, interested in Zumba, but not really. Like, even though I was taking that class, I was also doing line dancing. I just wanted something more for the culture. That's all I just kept hearing in my mind when I was wanting to do this, something more for the culture. So when you posted um, the article from Black Women Do Work Out, they were highlighting Timba. Mm-hmm. And to your point about the modalities, it was in Philly. Zumba certification was everywhere, but I had to go to Philly, which I didn't mind. But that, when I brought it back, to Harrisburg, I literally saw how behind the curve we are in different modalities. Like we'll get hooked on one thing, whatever that may be, and then that's all we see. But it's not it's not the, the fact that we're hooked on one modality. We hooked on one way of fitness because we're not mm. properly educated with what is health and fitness. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna ask you this. Sure. What was your catalyst for you to get into fitness? I was, um, I had gained a significant amount of weight. So I was always physically active in high school. I wasn't into sports. Um, as a youngin, I did cheerleading. I was in jazz, tap, ballet. So I was always a dancer, which is why dance is my modality for fitness. Mm-hmm. Always been a dancer. Um when I went to college, I was on the step team. And like I shared earlier, I would go work out. But health issues took over. Ah, there we go. Yeah, health issues. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Health issues took over, I would say, my last year of college into my first year of teaching. And, and this is over 15 years ago. And then, okay. Yeah. What was your first response to your health issue? Do what I knew, which was to lose the weight. How? Treadmill. Exactly. It was the treadmill. That's my point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Our community is not educated on what Uh, what fitness really is. Well, and you know what's interesting, though? Before, it was Tybo. Like, I am a huge Billy Blanks fan. Like, my dream is to work out with Billy Blanks. Why didn't you work out when he was at uh, Central Penn? 
That's not good. He wasn't physically here in the spirit. Yes, he was. Oh, when was he here? He was in, in a few years ago, like Aww, 2018, 2019. I missed that completely. Yeah. I know they had certifications no, for Kaiba. No, he was here. But he was actually physically here? Yes. Oh, see, I missed that. <laughs> that see, that, oh, that makes me so sad. That is my dream. <laughs> that is my dream. But you know, it's going to come true. That, if I ever had the opportunity to work out with Billy Blanks, that, that's that's it. It's it gotta happen. But that was my kickboxing, which is kind of why I actually fell in love with Friends class because he was like my next Billy Blanks in the flesh. Mm -hmm. But um, what was my point? Oh, not being educated enough. So since I wasn't doing Tybo anymore, I went directly to the which, treadmill. Right, and that's that's it's good and bad. But yeah. see, you didn't need the treadmill. It felt like it then, you but didn't. now I wouldn't yeah. dare. I love going for walks and jogs, yeah. but I won't. Yeah. I'm not hitting no dab on treadmill. Exactly. So, but if you're on a treadmill, at least it's to start, listeners. I don't want to discourage my listeners. No, no, if no, right no, now you're no. on the treadmill. I'm, I'm discouraging. Get off the treadmill. Oh shit, Sean, Sean, Sean said, "Get off the treadmill, y'all." <laughs> the reason why you need to get off the treadmill: go out for a walk. Yeah. Okay. See, I have two problems with treadmills. Mm -hmm. One, people don't know how to use it. Okay. And then people will abuse it. Don't know how to use it and abuse it. Okay. Okay. First thing, when you get on treadmill, you don't hold on. I don't think I ever did that, but okay. But what about people like your older senior citizens who need that for their balance? Hold on. Hold on. Okay. That's different. Okay. That's because of limitation issue. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's different. Mm -hmm. But you should, you older senior citizen. I put them at 1.0 <laughs> and they walk holding on by two months later, they should be what 2.0 or 3.0 walking with no Not hands. Holding on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I have an issue with stair climber and treadmill. Same reason. Okay. One on stair climber and treadmill. If you put it on an incline, don't hold on and say, well, I, and I hear people say, well, I can't keep up. Slow down. Because you don't get any, you don't, like on a treadmill, if you put it on an incline or even if you have a flat, you and you're holding on, you're taking away a potential calorie burn by swinging your arms. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you also take away the fact that you're walking like Frankenstein monster. You, that's not normal for anybody. It's not going to get those legs nice and toned no. up, though. I'm on my incline. No. I'm doing no. my good stride, and I feel okay. that resistance. Okay. I feel right. my abs burning. Right. Let's let's, <laughs> let's, 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 put, let's put you on the incline, okay? Okay. You put yourself on incline, say 10 degrees, yeah. and you hold on, and you lean back. You're still walking on a flat surface. Okay, but what if I, what if I have enough sense Listen. to stand up relatively straight? Because I... I hate the treadmill, Sean. Don't get me wrong. I, I I don't have no desire to get on the treadmill. But I'm just thinking, as a person who was like me, who that was my first modality, and I'm like, well, first, I never even did the incline. But when I did, I said, okay, I had enough sense, posture, fill it in the legs, fill it in the abs. What if that? What if they have enough sense to do that? Then do that. But, <laughs> but go for a walk. I agree. I because, totally because, agree. Yes. Because... Like here, we just a few miles away. That Wildwood. Mm -hmm. You want to walk on inclines? Hit them hills. You you got Hurst Street Hill. You got you got hills all around Harrisburg. Yes, you do. You got hills in Stilton. You want to go Stilton? Go to Stilton. 
Well, up the hills. I heard Reservoir Park has good hills. I don't work out at Reservoir Park. Reservoir Park does have hills, but not mm-hmm. to the point that it's. I mean, I love Reservoir Park because I used to run there. Mm-hmm. But um, to get in shape, walk. Now, here's if you here's a fitness tip that everyone should do. You wake up if you have time, go for a walk. 20, 30 minutes, hour. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. After that. You go to a, if you can't walk in the morning, fine. Every half an hour that you work, go for a five minute walk if you can. If you can't do that, it's fine. You go for a walk for a 10 to 20 minute walk after you eat your meal. I know people scarf down a meal in five or 10 minutes. You go for a walk. Stand up for every hour, every hour, stand up. You can walk in place, walk around the building, walk from one end of the building back. Fine. Mm-hmm. There's ways to get your steps in. And then, like, the step challenge was a big thing. But people don't realize that when I used to do step challenge fitness on Fitbit. Mm-hmm. And I would kill people because I was training for a marathon. Okay. So my steps were always high. Yeah. But just some days it was low because I didn't have to run. Yeah. But I would kill people, right? Yeah. And the people have the idea in the mind that 10,000 steps is enough for them to get in shape. Yeah. For a beginner. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. once, as you get, um, as you get into like more advanced more or advanced, just, yeah, more healthy yeah. and everything, you should, um, get up to 20,000 steps. The average human 10,000 steps was for five, was supposed to be almost five miles, which is correct. Yeah. It's almost five miles. Yeah. Not five miles. Yeah. And, this is kind of a little history, um, prehistoric times, or even mm-hmm. when I grew up in Harrisburg, mm-hmm. I did not have a car. Mm-hmm. So how did I get back and forth to work? I walked. called a bus or walked mm-hmm. or caught a ride. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to go visit my friend on the South side and I didn't have a bus or anything, a bike, I was, what I would do was walk. Mm-hmm. So you got to literally start walking. So after each meal, if you to walk 20, for 20 minutes at a time, what happens is decrease your insulin insulin level, especially if you're diabetic. Mm-hmm. If you ate a high carb meal, it, it reduces insulin and all the health benefits for cardiovascular is mm-hmm. it's tremendous after that. Mm-hmm. I have watched bodybuilders literally, literally watch bodybuilders stop running. They ride a treadmill or they'll start, um, they ride a bike or they'll, they'll walk slow. Mm-hmm. on an incline to burn fat. When I had a, a vegan bodybuilder coach train me, because every trainer needs a trainer. Every trainer needs a trainer. He was training me, and he will have me walk on the steer climber for 45 minutes before my workouts. Mm-hmm. For guys, it was before the workouts. The reason why? Because guys need to burn calories, get the calorie burn going. You just reminded me not to cut you off, but I just want to say, I, to- I totally, totally believe every trainer needs a trainer. I don't have a trainer. You would have been my go-to trainer and you were telling me to come, but you had your 6 a.m. classes on Saturday morning? No, 7. 7. No, that's great. I'm just not a morning person. And now I'm sitting here here like, dang, I should have took more advantage of that. Neither am I. I'm not a morning person. Yeah. But that was only time to fit my schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And all my classes that I had was like 
have I had morning and night classes for years. When the night classes went down, I went I shifted everyone to morning. And that was that it. That was it. Yeah. 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 So that that's really good uh tips, fitness tips that I think people can like digest and apply to their to their journey um right away. Cause something I like to do is encourage those who are not yet on the journey to just get started. No, once you put the once you lace up your shoes and walk out, you're on the journey. It's Amen. already started. Amen. That's so, so inspirational. So that it's is... the, it's not it's not and then and here's my my other thing like in fitness everyone says oh I see people on on the Instagram and on the Facebook when I was on Facebook say oh uh, this is my fitness is my lifestyle and everything else yo let me explain to you mm-hmm. a fitness lifestyle is about mindset mm-hmm. nutrition working out and spirituality mm-hmm. and a lot of people say oh they read a motivational quote and then they expire to do something mm-hmm. no that's no that's not even that's you got to start before that your motivation should start before that your inspiration your idea of working out is before that you had a reason why you start getting in shape your why was your, your health yes and that's what most everyone does have that as a reason why to work out yeah but they don't know how to work out they don't know where to work out and they don't know what to do and they don't know when to work out. They don't know all the nuance. So I recommend our community needs mm-hmm. to sit down and basically educate themselves on proper fitness and nutrition. I would go nutrition first, mm-hmm. then activity, because I just used to tell my clients, you spend an hour with me and you got the rest of the day to do whatever you want. And see that rest of the day does not, um, if you mess up the rest of that day, that negates what we did in an hour. Very true. So I wanted them to educate themselves on nutrition. I wanted to, I gave them motivational things. I gave them tips and things they can do. Like people say, well, I want to do a little bit more. And tell them don't do too much more. I have this client. She would come to me and do this all these other Peloton challenges and stuff with her friend. I said, stop doing that. She mm. didn't believe me. Was she worn out, burned out? She overtrained. Yeah, that that because that's a thing. People don't realize that, but that is definitely a thing. Everyone thinks thinks muscle soreness, everything is okay to train with muscle soreness. And let me tell you what muscle soreness gets you. Even when you overtrain. It gives you two artificial hips and one artificial shoulder. Mm. Okay. And it gives you artificial knees and gives you all these other elements that you can have. So what I'm saying, I'm telling from life experience, because that's what happened with me. I have two artificial hips and I have one artificial shoulder because I overtrained, meaning when I was in Marine Corps, they run me into the ground. Mm. I did all the sports. We get up five days a week. You got a PT every day mm-hmm. for an hour a day. And which is fine, but then on top of that, prior to me changing jobs, I would go on, we would go on 20, 10, 15, five mile humps. Mm-hmm. Meaning we're walking for 20, 30, 40 miles in, in a day. We can walk, uh, we can walk up to 30 miles. Mm-hmm. The reason why is because we're so active. 
because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we then we had to do once we once we like say we go out for a hunt and we go 10 miles mm-hmm. and that takes say that takes three hours okay mm-hmm. then we got set up our, our camp okay then mm-hmm. we got to start running running drills and all that stuff and going out in the field and all that stuff like that that's that's told that takes a toll on your body especially carrying sure. that, carrying almost 100 extra pounds of weight yeah okay yeah meaning not my weight weight that you're carrying. Yeah. yeah you're so, carrying yeah so that's what overtraining does and what i had a, i had a co commanding officer that believed in the blitzkrieg effect meaning he wants you to run everywhere with those 100 pounds on oh, basically and in california we had mountains that you can literally walk up you just lean like six inches forward you can literally touch the ground wow so and we had to go up through these mountains and everything else so it and walking sand walking different things you know how hard it is walking sand yeah period so with these yeah. packs so my joints got shattered destroyed because of that mm. so with all the weight training i was doing it didn't prevent that did it did it add to it i don't think it's as much as the other stuff did add to it you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. so long story short it's like you have to you have to do your training in moderation every every like 60 to 70 percent like okay if you're not doing a spartan race or training for a, a, an event right right you should be only training in at 60 i mean 70 to 80 percent of your maximum intensity that you can every now and then you want to challenge yourself like every three months every two months or even once a month like once a month, you want to do a hardcore workout, and the rest of them should be moderate to easy. Like I, um, that is so good to know. Grandmaster Melly Mel. People of uh, old hip hop days know him. Mm-hmm. He's fifty four years old, and you look at him, and he has a body of Adonis, mm-hmm. uh, and he's in great shape. Now people say, "Oh, all oh, it's because of all this other stuff." Yeah, it is. But here's the thing: what he does. And, and I've done it in my workouts in the past. I did with my people too. Mm-hmm. I would take a weight and say, okay, do that you normally could do 10 reps with, mm-hmm. do six. Then go to the next exercise and six, and you do like a circuit. And you do that with, and, and, that, and that's your circuit. Next time, maybe 70, maybe 80 at the ne- next time, but I'll go back down to 60. Mm-hmm. And then I have a challenge. Uh, I have a week of challenge that is just going to be, you know, all out effort. Mm. And then after that, like I used to have a, a burpee. I had to work out a burpee workout. Don't you ever? <laughs> no, I remember those. Oh my gosh. The finishers, your finishers were crazy too. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what a finisher is, it's the very last thing that you do when you work out it takes you completely over the top but i must say you're grateful for it at the end i've even tried to incorporate finishers here and there in my class um so they i, I like them but yours are intentional so what you do is um a burpees challenge like it was a workout you do a you do an exercise burpees exercise burpees it was five exercises and Ooh. five burpees right and the burpees was 20 and the exercise was 10. Okay. So you had to do five rounds. And what I did was you I start a timer, say go. Everyone had their own station. They had you could do it and everything else. You get done. Mm-hmm. When you get done, I'll write your number on the board. I record it. I'll take a picture, screenshot it, or 
a recording on the pad. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of the month, I do that. I do it again, and I show people on average they lost two minutes of time on that. They, so the timing decreased. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. Were they they were fatiguing out quicker? No. They, they, okay, say it took them 20 minutes to do it. It took yeah. them 18 minutes. To oh, do it. oh, oh, okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. So okay. That's yeah. why I say when, you know, you got to be able to measure with your progress. Yes. Yes. And that's what people, um, when you're, when you first come into to fitness, you may not see that you're making progress, but guess what? You are, mm-hmm. but you just got to measure it. Yes. Because like, if it takes you, it takes you like an hour to walk three miles. Then keep on walking the three miles or See walking two miles. And then challenge yourself. Maybe. Then challenge a month and a half or later. Challenge yourself. See how fast you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and here's a last example. I did the Marine Corps Marathon uh, October, I think, 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think October 2018, 2019. And then I went on low runs. Now, mind you, I didn't run for almost better part of four months. I walked a lot and everything else is wintertime. Mm-hmm. Then I said, okay, I'm going to do the Harrisburg half marathon mm-hmm. again this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do the marathon, but half for Harrisburg half. Mm-hmm. And mind you, I was just walking on treadmills and going to the gym, doing my little exercise, not hardcore stuff. Mm-hmm. Next year, you know, I did my run time. I mm-hmm. had to have, I got a coach. Mm-hmm. Said, hey, I want to improve my time. Help me out with a program. Say, okay, run for me three miles and tell me what your number is. I say, okay. So I gave him my numbers. Now, prior to me running the Marine Corps Marathon, my numbers for a mile of three miles was like 29 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I didn't do anything else. My body recovered and everything else. And then I just don't like stuff. By April, I mean, by May of that, Next year, I was down to 25 minutes. 25 minutes, 27 seconds, three miles. That's amazing. So what I'm saying to you, you allow your body to recover. And also the fact is that you don't have to kill yourself all the to, time. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So that, that Those are great examples. And I think when it comes to fitness, that's a good message because people think, oh my God, I got to work out. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to feel like crap. Although I say your goals don't care about how you feel but uh, i got an issue with goals yeah well okay okay and you can share that when i think goals i think if i gained my five pounds mm-hmm. i have a goal to lose those five pounds that's just that that's okay. how i think now someone who is trying to lose more weight i can understand how okay. goals now this is where i'm co- gonna challenge you okay all right. What weighs more? I know, Sean. Muscle weighs more than fat. Lie. What? If I, if I say, what weighs more? One pound of fat, one pound of muscle. What weighs more? Oh, no. Well, it's going to be this. It's going to be the same. Exactly. It's so, going to be the same. But, it, shows, but it looks different. Exactly. Yeah. So, so when I'm saying to you, when you weight train, and you gain five pounds of muscle. Let's talk and about lose, this weight training. And, and, Let's just get into lose, this weight training. And lose five pounds of fat. Your the, the scale is going to be the exact same. Exactly. And so that was, that's and that's kind my of, point. Yeah. Scale lies. And also, since you're a female. Oh, Lord have mercy. Your cycle is going to dictate 
how much water weight you it does. hold. It definitely does. I mean, yes. And, and, that, oh, and that was one of the, similar to the questions that, one of the questions we had, I'm going to check more here too, soon to see if we have another question about females. Or, oh, I okay. think we have another. Oh, no, that wasn't. Let, let, me, let me say something to you about the, the that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I follow a guy, his name was Charles Baldwin. He passed away years ago. He was one of the renowned strength conditioning coaches of the, of the century, right? Mm-hmm. And what I say to you, he says, he says, when women get closer to their cycle, mm-hmm. let them eat chocolate. Please. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Dark chocolate, but don't let them, but don't let them eat any carbs, extra carbs. I can honestly see that. And the reason why, because the chocolate has, um, has stuff in it to make them, to help them with their, their, their cycle. Okay. With everything. So eating chocolate helps you more than you think. Well, the hormones is going to tell us to eat the chocolate regardless. So. No, that, that's a metaphor. No, that, I'm telling you, it's <laughs> okay. going to tell before, us. Before, it's going to tell us to eat the chocolate. Before chocolate was around, what did women eat? Girl? I don't know because I wasn't born yet. But listen, the hormones is going to tell us to eat the chocolate. For me, I lay off the carbs because that increases my cramping. Okay. So personally, that that when he said don't do the carbs, that's why I lay off the carbs around that time. Um, and then I do feel like now, it retains what was that the water. That person asked? So here's her question. Her question is, how does hormones impact women's weight gain and or loss? Mm-hmm. And when putting together a fitness plan for a woman, do you take hormones into account? And how do you customize workouts for your clients? Okay. The middle question. I'll say her question again. Oh, okay. So the question was, let me pull it back up here. Okay. How do hormones impact women's weight gain and or weight loss? Mm -hmm. And when putting together a fitness plan for a woman, do you take hormones into account? And how do you customize workouts for your clients? Okay. Um, The middle question is, let's say that again. The middle question is, when putting together a fitness plan for a woman, do you take hormones into account? I do and don't. Okay. Because the workout doesn't dictate the woman's uh, hormones. Now, what I mean is that if your hormones have you, you have to be flexible when it comes to working out. Okay. Mm-hmm. If hormones is bad enough, too high, like if she's estrogen dominant, she'll gain weight. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if she's insulin resistant, she'll gain weight. Mm-hmm. That goes for both male and female insulin resistance. And that's what the diabetes is. Okay. And earlier I talked about body fat percentage. If your body fat percentage is high and you're insulin resistant, you're going to gain weight. And then your hormones are going to be a cascade effect would add to that. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is, like I said earlier, for women, if it depends on the type of diet you have, if more, it's more about that. It's not about, oh, this workout is hormone based. No, mm. hormone bases that's have nothing to do with it. Right. Working out is just working out. It's mm-hmm. two separate entities. Mm-hmm. Um, when you work out, if I design a program for a person and they work out and on their workout, they have an option. They should always have, they, listen, I don't care what trainer you have. I don't care what video you watch. I don't care whatever you do. 
if you decide to work out that day and you're not feeling well, rest. Mm. Rest. Okay. If you're not feeling, if you don't, if your cycles got you crampy, and rest or a minimum go Thank for a walk. For go that. for a walk because the fact is, you. I had people with, I have women coming with, with cycle and I send them home. Because mm, you know they're not going to be able to. No, they're just too tired. They're too tired. They're just too tired. Now, nutrition is the key to your hormone balance. Working out is just a, just a little added. And does that have to do with the 80-20 rule? Because we talked about that before. 80-20 rule, I, the fitness industry has flipped it around. Okay. Okay. 80-20 rule was really a Pareto uh, rule about um, 80% of your results come from the 20% of the work you do. Okay. Mm. Now. That sounds lazy. No, 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 no. See, that 20% that you do, let me get the, pull it up again. The 20% of work that you do affects the 80% that okay. you, the results that you get. Okay. It's actually two separate points of view. Okay. It's actually two separate things. Say, okay, you work out, right? Mm -hmm. Put that in 20%. You consistently work out, right? Mm -hmm. you consistently eat healthy. I'm just going down the line okay. of things, right? Mm -hmm. That represents only 20% of your day. Okay. And 80% of your raw results will come out of that. Okay. I get what you're saying. So, but I had to flip it's it for my people because I said to them, if you eat 80% clean and 20% bad, it's not a bad thing. If they do, if they, yeah. If yeah. You do, it was mainly about nutrition because the fact is they get so down on it, women and men, but more, since I train mostly women, women, they got so down on not eating clean and healthy all the time, said, listen, <laughs> I don't care, but you should eat. Only, if you could only eat 80% clean and 20% bad, that's fine. That mm -hmm. only represents one item out of your plate mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or less than that one item a day. Mm -hmm. say, um, let's say you say people, they, I, I hate the fact that people say they eat five meals a day. That's, that's crap. Seriously, that's crap. You should not eat five, day, five meals a day because that's caused insulin resistance. But that's another story. Hmm. Um, We're gonna have to have you back on, Sean, because you're just a wealth full of knowledge. <laughs> if you eat, say you eat breakfast and you eat lunch mm -hmm. and you eat dinner, mm -hmm. say all those other meals that you have breakfast, lunch, and half a dinner, half a dinner all clean, mm -hmm. and that other half is bad, mm -hmm. that represents 20 20%. Mm -hmm. But when I call when it comes to fitness, that 20% is actually separate because that only represents 20% of your day. Gotcha. Okay. So when you say nutrition for the women and in regards to hormones and working out, you're saying that the weight loss is more so about what we as women put in our body. What everyone put in Everybody versus and now, whatever I'm, hormone issues we may be experiencing. Because right. I do know I've had my friends tell me that you know, for their health reasons, they may have some hormonal issues. They're on medicine that causes their hormones to change. And not only do they gain weight, mm -hmm. they can't lose it. Why? And then because, add, of the yeah. because of the hormones. And then as a fitness professional and a woman myself, I'm kind of sitting there like, well, what do I, how can I help? Because like for me, 
of course, I have my own hormones, but I'm not necessarily taking a medication that affects it. So I'm like, well, dad, like, what do I tell this person? What I'm going to tell them to cut carbs. I'll tell yeah. them to more fruits and vegetable intake and go work out. But then it kind of just stops there. No, it, it's okay. For me, that's no, where no, I'm me, less me, informed, I guess let, you could say. Let me, let me say it like this. When you address hormones, mm-hmm. like you have women that takes birth control pills. They are on um, IUDs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It affects their hormone balance. Mm-hmm. I can't say what they should do. I can't. And I'm not a doctor or anything like that. Right. But they should be aware of the effects that they have. So they already going to be up on an uphill battle. Period. Yeah. Because the fact is, once your hormones get out of line, it's almost you, nothing you can do about it. Is there, there's nothing you can do about, it, but you can mitigate it by taking herbal stuff. Yes. And when I say herbal stuff, I mean like there's um there's people that sell estrogen that's herbal that help. There's some foods that help herbal and right now it escapes me what which yeah, ones do. I had a doctor tell me about a natural estrogen um hormone balance balancing type yeah, there's, deal. There's, yes. There's there's yes. a lot of estrogen and there's also some things that um don't just think hormones as a don't think don't think it's estrogen and testosterone. Mm-hmm. There's also stress. Okay. Yeah. And that's where sleep sleep comes in that. That's where proper nutrition comes in, proper hydration comes in that. Because they all it's a cascade effect. Mm-hmm. If one hormone is off, there's it's called leptin, there's a hormone that's for your hunger. You got all these different hormones going through your body mm-hmm. and you don't know they're even there. And if one of them's off, they all are off. Yes. It's like a domino effect. So like I was this is a side story. This is I was thinking about I was sitting there fulfilling why I'm feeling so tired, why I feel so slow and sluggish. And I've been researching things and not it's like at my age, of course, much of shot levels are gonna be wrong. Mm-hmm. So I was like, may I maybe I should do TRT, get hormone injection. But then years ago, I used to take this herb, herbal supplement for it. And I said, oh, maybe I should go with TRT. So I went and looked at it and everything else. And I asked a guy that I follow on Instagram. He's a, he's a vegan. He's a, um, he's a um, hormone expert. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, say, what is your opinion on TRT? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I don't need, I said, do you have any articles or something like that? He says, no, I don't really have any articles. Next thing you know, he writes three articles on it. Okay, on TRT, and since I follow him and everything else, and he 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 collaborated with a couple of other guys that are, that are hormones experts, mm-hmm. that guys that do TRT. Some people do do TRT and his 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 uh, hormone supplement, and he it, there's a cascade effect that it'll affect my DHTA if I take TRT if I just take it alone and all this other stuff. So I was like, no, I'm not. Doing so it. what's your DHTA? It's for um. DHEA, sorry, DHEA. My DHTA is also for my hair. Oh, okay. Skin, hair, and all that stuff. DHEA okay. is also for my libido and all that other stuff like that. Okay. So even though you take TRT, you get a false sense of, um, you get just like your body does all with exercise and everything else, your body adapts to it. Okay. So Once your body adapts to it, so it, it not, doesn't have the same effect. Just okay. like when you first take a, if some people take supplements to work out. Energy pill. Hey, yeah, let me take this. 
Yeah. And then they hike for a few hours. Say, Yo, I gotta go back and take that again. Then they don't feel the same effect. Mm -hmm. And it, it doing those after time goes on, but they're still taking it. Mm -hmm. But they don't realize is the after the side effect is affecting your adrenals, mm -hmm. affecting all the other little things. Is your there's your body adrenal produce um, your stress. Mm -hmm. is your stress hormone. Mm -hmm. If your stress hormone is too high, what happens? What happens? Your body will shut down. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when it comes to females and males in, in hormones, it does have a place. But if you look at your nutrition first mm -hmm. and then concentrate on, um, like, say, if you're taking, a, if you're taking a, a birth control pill, go around the corner, go investigate, see what hormones See what can help you mitigate that. Right. You can you can also take a test. Mm -hmm. See where your hormone balance is. See mm -hmm. where your hormones is. Now, believe it or not, if you take uh, at women at certain ages, they have to take testosterone. The reason why if they take testosterone it helps balance their hormone balance out. Mm -hmm. And the people, the women, are like, oh no, no, no. That's why guys even they would take steroids. They, they would get they would have. Uh, upregulation of too much estrogen at the same time as testosterone, mm -hmm. which give them other man boobs and acne and all that other stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when it comes to women, that if they're testosterone, that this is what this is what I understood in the reading of that I read about when women have PCOS, mm -hmm. it's not that she has um, too much estrogen; mm -hmm. she doesn't have enough testosterone. To balance it out right yes yes and yes. so and that even like facial hair mm -hmm. that's not that's not a male that's not just a male thing it's like people think it's a male hormone thing it's actually a female hormone mm. that's why men go bald and that's why women get hair on their face as right. we age right. yeah 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 so is it safe to say to answer her question that there really isn't like a specific workout right. plan it's more so your nutrition and it's more so her nutrition and she takes the plan she has and modify it to according to how she feels on that time oh that is so important modifying it to how you feel okay and all right, well, we are going to wrap it up there with today's episode with our personal trainer, Sean Thompson. Thank you so, so very much, Sean, for coming and talking to us here on the Fitspiration Podcast. You gave us such great, great in-depth information about our bodies, our training, women's health versus men's health. So it was just a pleasure sitting here with you today. Um, if you have any closing thoughts or tips or that you would like to share with us um really your responsibility for your health and fitness really lay and wellness lays in your hands mm -hmm. trainers are here to guide you and most of the trainers you got to make sure if you ever look for a trainer that you take the time out to uh interview them mm -hmm. and if you can't if you don't connect with them don't force yourself to go with them there's not that many trainers out there that really you connect to. Like I, I kind of related to um, going to a church for the first time um, and also related to listen to like when you go to a church for the first time, you know, the preacher is genuine or the message is genuine. And like 
uh, pastor used to tell me when I lived in Georgia, it says, uh, uh, sheep knows a shepherd's voice. You kind of know your, shep your shepherd's voice and a trainer in the same way. You know, someone that's going to encourage you, motivate you, and hold you accountable. And that's what they really do. And now you got to remember, there's a reason why they call it personal trainers. Because you get personal with that person, meaning you, you you talk about life situations and everything else. So if you don't feel tr like you're, you can trust that person with anything, don't do it. Don't do that trainer. That trainer may not be the best interest. And in, make sure that person has your best interest at heart. Because like I said, for years I've done fitness training for free or at a relatively cheap price for around Harrisburg. And like people ask me questions, I'll give them, I'll answer your question, give them advice and everything else for free. It's not like I'm out here trying to make money off. I'm trying to help our community grow. So okay. if they want and become healthy, and if they want, if they're really a genuine good trainer, they take the time out to make sure they educate you, not just train you, you know, and motivate you inside and outside. And like you could ask a trainer, or oh, give me a diet plan. No. I have rather teach you how to eat better than versus uh, versus giving you a diet plan. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. We appreciate that sound advice. Thank you so much to Sean Thompson for coming to the Fitspiration podcast and dropping some fitness gems on us today in a very practical way. Um, I appreciate his wealth and his depth of knowledge from um, not only just a personal trainer, but uh, from a man who was uh, an athlete himself and then also in the Marine Corps, it's just it's just nice to be able to sit down and talk with someone who is so humble, so practical, and so um, hit, so approachable when he talks about his being a master um, of of his craft in fitness. And one of the things that sticks out to me whenever I have conversations with Sean or um, see any kind of engagement um, with him on social media is that he is definitely a man, a man of challenge, right? Like he is always encouraging and inspiring us to be better, challenging us to be better, challenging our thoughts, challenging the way we see things, challenging the way um, we see our bodies, challenging what we think or feel fitness to believe, um, challenging us to get out of our comfort zone, myself included, which again is why it was such a pleasure to have him on the Fitspiration podcast because he has definitely been someone who is a part of my fitness story because of his inspiration and um, way of challenging. So today's Fitspiration inspiration is about challenges, being grateful for the challenge because challenges actually make us better and create the better version of ourselves. Challenges make me feel like I have accomplished something great when I have worked so hard to get through them. They force me to think outside the square and grow and evolve into a better version of myself. Challenges help me to learn, to focus, 
on what is important and make me stronger and more resilient. I am grateful for the challenges life has thrown my way because they let me see what I can truly achieve. Without challenges, I would not be who I am today. Challenges are so rewarding when I overcome them. They are indeed the best way for me to learn. Thanks for joining me today. If you were touched or inspired or uplifted by something that you heard on today's podcast, please leave me a message using the message link. Click the link and leave me your thoughts, your feelings, your input, your insights, or anything you want to share on reflecting on today's podcast. Follow me on Facebook at Ashia J Afrocardio. That's Ashia A-S-H-I-A J Afrocardio A-F-R-O. C-A-R-D-I-O. Follow me on Instagram at Ashia J underscore Afrocardio and visit my website, www.ashiajafrocardio.com. <laughs>